ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Tuesday, December 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our phone line this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. Our text line is open this hour as well, 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. A little bit later on the program, we're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni. Tavion Kenzie as well, Player of the Year honors coming to Tavion Kenzie yesterday. And, of course, Marshall's in action, taking on the Bobcats tomorrow. Also, the Marshall women in action, taking on Alderson Broadus. We'll hear from Coach Kemper as well about the loss against St. Bonaventure and looking ahead to this contest. We'll get your phone calls in. As I mentioned, we'll get your text in. We're going to hear from Coach Huffman in just a few minutes about playing in the I think probably one of the better bowl games this season. You look at the bowl rankings every year, and some have this middle, a little higher. Some of these ranking sites maybe not that interested in this matchup. I think it's going to be a fun matchup, and we're going to hear from Coach Huff in just a few minutes. And we're also going to hear from Billy Ferrante. He is the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl. We'll talk to him about this matchup. I I think you're going to have a fun matchup. Marshall's going to come to play. We're going to see what this team looks like after a few weeks off getting it all put together. We're going to see what Conference USA going to the Sun Belt looks like with Marshall taking on Louisiana. If Marshall wins this, is Marshall the de facto Sun Belt champ? I, I like to think so as well. So we'll have all of that for you on the program You never know what else is going to pop up. I do know this, though. Marshall's got a promotion tomorrow for the women's game. For those of you maybe not making the trip to go see the men, the women are going to be playing tomorrow, and fans are encouraged to wear an ugly sweater. Now, the release came out not that long ago, so I asked Coach Huff. Check that. I asked Coach Kemper. I sent Coach Kemper a text, and I said, Hey, are you going to be wearing an ugly sweater tomorrow? It's the Christmas ugly sweater promotion and coach replied and I quote now no exclamation point so coach Kemper not in the ugly sweater come on coach quit being a Grinch we're going to hear from him a little bit later on of course we got to get into this Brett McMurphy America's newsbreaker when it comes to college athletics tweeted this out earlier today this is from his Twitter account he said Quote, Marshall coach Charles Huff interviewed last week for Duke job that ultimately went to Texas A&M D.C. Mike Elko. But, quote, timing wasn't right, end quote, for Huff, who decided to remain with Thundering Herd. And this is what his sources told him and the Action Network. Okay. This is not a bad thing. This is not a bad thing. If someone or... An entity calls you and says, hey, we have a job opening. Would you be interested? You take the phone call. If someone calls me tomorrow and says, Paul, we got a job opening. We'd like to talk to you about it. I'm going to take the phone call and listen to the opportunity. It might be just as good as an opportunity I have here. It might be not as good as an opportunity. It might be a better opportunity. And I've got to take that phone call. 
And I think that's what you he- see here. Anytime someone calls, you got to take the phone call. This is how I feel. And honestly, if he's not getting phone calls, is he doing it right? I think the answer is he's doing it right because recruiting, we're excited about that. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be talking recruiting. You know, He'll be on Zoom with us later tomorrow, and we'll talk about his recruiting class. We're going to find out all of the young men that are going to be coming and playing for the Thundering Herd in the future. And we're excited about that. Why are we excited about that? Because we haven't been exciting about recruiting for a long time. I mean, tomorrow I'm going to be reading Tom Bragg's chat boards on his website about all the news coming out, anything that you know maybe we missed. And, of course, we'll hear from Coach Huff tomorrow. I'm excited. Why are we excited for recruiting? It's because – Recruiting is exciting again. And, of course, you can't overlook what has happened with the program. If you look at the record, okay, the record is 7-5. and You look at the record and go, okay, there's some things that can be better, right? I think that's a fair evaluation. Coach would always say that. There are things that can be better. There are things you got to work on. But at the end of the day, Marshall did have a shot to play for the Conference USA Championship game. First-year head coach coming in, trying to build the program, change the culture, trying to do things the right way, his way, which is different than some things that have happened in the past. Not necessarily what has happened in the past was wrong, but he's trying to build a program the correct way, and that means build a program. So you got to give him a, a fair evaluation there at the same time. It's a good thing. We saw his name mentioned for Virginia Tech. We saw his name now mentioned for Duke. That's a good thing. That means people are talking about your coach. And I honestly recall talking about how you want to bring a coach in that can make the program better. And then if that coach moves on to the next level, you bring in the next coach that can come in and make the program better. And of course, at the same time, you're trying to make the program so good that this is the program people are trying to get to instead of this is the program people are using to get to the next destination. So that's kind of the goal here is to make the program as good as possible. Nobody really called foul when Billy Donovan left years ago. I know I'm digging deep in the past. Nobody called foul on that. I didn't call foul on that. I mean, that was a good opportunity. Nobody was mad. And so if your coaches are getting phone calls and if your coaches are being looked at and regarded, that speaks well of what you're doing with the program. So no worries here. I I don't think Coach Huff is going to come in, buy a new house, live in it for a few months, not even play the first bowl game yet, and say, you know what, I'm I'm good, I'm done. I think I've done everything I can here. I'm moving on to the next adventure. No. He's going to build a program. He's going to build what's happening here, and then we're going to see what happens down the line. I'm rooting for him, honestly, and I hope that you're rooting for him as well. And we'll see what happens when Marshall takes on Louisiana. This is going to be a fun bowl game, I think. You're playing a ranked team. You're playing a a game in which the fan base is going to get a taste of what that Sun Belt feels like, what that Sun Belt looks like. It's going to be Cajun style as well. Coach Huff talked about that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's not going to impact our guys, but it should impact her nation because if we want to close the gap and we want to be who we want to be, then our stadium's got to look like the opponent's stadium. So if we're going to go into the Sun Belt, whenever that is, and we want to truly compete, 
we can't have our stadium look like an empty stadium. We're going to get embarrassed. No different than if we walk into the stadium and I don't have the team prepared to play. We're going to get embarrassed. I talked about it the very first day. We all got to pull the rope. And I have a big part. I'm not demeaning or belittling my part. But everybody's got a role. And I think we're going to see. We're going to get a real taste. Herd Nation, get ready. We're going to get a real taste of what it's going to be like moving forward into a really good conference with really good fan participation, really good football players, really good coaches, really good culture, really good resources. We're going to get a real taste Saturday night, Cajun style. We're going to find out Cajun style. That's coming up. We'll have coverage of it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and on 93.7 The Dog. I'll tell you what. Uh, I've got more with Coach Shuff. We're going to hear that later, but I want to get to our next guest. So when we come back from the break, I want to welcome to the program the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl, Billy Ferrante. We'll get his thoughts on this matchup, what this game is all about, why Marshall and Louisiana is a fun matchup, anything you might need to know if you're heading down to the game. All of that when we continue. We'll hear a little bit more from Coach Huff about how this game might be more of a measuring stick for the program. We'll hear from Dan D'Antoni. We'll hear from the Grinch himself, Tony Kemper. And we'll get your phone calls and texts in, all on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Listen to The Drive with Paul Swan Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, or he'll track you down like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. And coming up this Saturday, we will have coverage of the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Marshall taking on Louisiana. We'll have basketball and then football doubleheader action. I think we're all excited for both and to help us find our way to New Orleans or at least give us a kind of a lay of the land. We want to welcome to the program now the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl, Billy Ferrante. And Billy, uh, I'm excited for this. This is one of the more intriguing matchups, I think, on bowl season. And um, I'm sure you agree as well. This is probably going to be one of the, the better matchups. Billy, are you with us? Hey, I'm there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, I'm here. No I problem. Apologize. No problem. I'm daydreaming. Hey, I would be daydreaming too right now if I was in New Orleans. So uh, I'm envious of you there. Uh, I was just saying um, this is going to be one of the more interesting matchups bowl season. And sure, I might be a little biased on the Marshall side, but it feels like this is definitely one of the higher regarded bowls year in and year out in this matchup. No exception. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, I'm no football expert, but uh, I do watch a lot of football and I know that, uh, you know, I, from just from what my untrained eye uh, is able to see, I think that we're in for a pretty good show Saturday night. Um, I think one likes to throw it around, one likes to run it around, and uh, you know, we'll 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 see how that translates Saturday night. But we're looking forward to a fun game and a great environment. When putting this matchup together this year, what was the process like, and what made this when you saw that this coupling of teams could? could come together and play this game, what made it attractive for you? Well, it's, you know, the, our, the, the process is a little different depending on the conference and our relationship with them and, you know, selection order, you know, factoring ESPN into that, uh, with, um, with the Sunbelt conference, we had kind of eyed UL, or I guess about halfway through the season or so. 
And then so we start looking at, okay, where potentially could they end up and what, what might their record look like and what do we think opposite them might be a good fit. And so about, and about halfway through the season, we start having conversations with Conference USA about, about schools that we're interested in as a, as a possible opponent. And, you know, Marshall was one that was always at the top of our list for a lot of reasons. But as much as anything, you know, we love the Marshall brand. We do. It's a it's a national brand. It's one that's got a lot of appeal. And they're a school that we've wanted to have since they've been in Conference USA. We've looked at them every year that they've been bowl eligible as a, as a as, you know, a potential participant in our game and glad that we were finally able to get them. On top of that, this is sort of a preview of what we can expect in conference yeah. play here in a, a season or two, depending on how it works out, with Marshall joining the Sun Belt. So, yeah, that had to be, I'm sure, just icing on the cake when you saw how this matchup stacked up. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it makes for an interesting storyline. Uh, you know, future conference mates playing in a bowl game. You probably won't see this matchup in a bowl game uh, anytime in the near future you know, going forward. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think that's been you know, a, a big part of the conversation that I've heard is, you know, we have two potential conference mates playing against each other. Joining us on the program, Billy Ferrante, the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl. And Billy, when you look at this matchup, you look at the fan bases, uh, you you look at everything that, that comes together in putting this bowl together you know what other than the matchup itself what really makes this game seem like it's one of the better matchups you get you know outside of a new year six bowl this seems like it's one of the more exciting games on a yearly basis the destination is always right for fans no matter if it's long-term fans who have been before or new fans like the thundering herd fan base that'll be descending upon new orleans yeah i mean i don't know i think maybe we've just maybe i'm just you know dumb luck and falling into really good matchups over the years. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I do know that I think that the, the, the city, uh, certainly the stadium, I think one of the most iconic, not just sports venues, but venues in the world, uh, you know, it, it, it adds to all of that. It adds to the, you know, the appeal to the kids of being in this game. It's always, I always like to be in the dome the first time that either of the, the two teams go into the stadium. They're not used to playing in buildings like the, the Superdome. And just to see their eyes, you know, bulge out of their heads. And it's amazing the, the impact that just that venue has on these kids. And, you know, I think all of those things combined uh, again, coupled with just my dumb luck, uh, is what's given us some of the good matchups and great, great uh, games that we've had. There's nothing wrong with being lucky. Nothing wrong whatsoever. <laughs> I, I wish I had such dumb luck some years and some days. So, yeah, were you there today when the, the teams were arriving inside the Superdome? Did you get a chance to maybe uh, kind of see how they were experiencing it? it? I, I actually didn't, and. Um, because uh, when Marshall got here, they came from the airport and went directly to the Superdome and did a little walkthrough. I had to be at the hotel for when they got there. And because they're police escorted and I'm not, I had to leave a little earlier to make sure that I was there to, uh, to greet Coach Huff and the team. And uh, 
but I did have a conversation with, with, you know, some of the coaches and uh, football ops guys. And they said it was just, it was the, uh, it was the experience that I suspected it would be for them. Joining us on the program, he is the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl, Billy Ferrante. And something we do every year when the list comes out, and I'm hoping I can get a sneak peek from you. Uh, every huh. year we rank the bowls as far as what they do for the players, what the, I guess, the, the luxury suites, the, uh, the gift bags, yeah. all of that. So just I'm kind of curious, what will the New Orleans Bowl gift bag or gift suite look like because that's always a fun thing to talk about when uh, yeah. these kids get to come down i mean this is really a reward for them this is always for them first and foremost well and everything we do is for them and we make a point of making sure that they know that and that their experience from uh arriving in new orleans to leaving new orleans as far as we're concerned is the most important thing um and and we really we we go over and above to make sure that that's the case and that it's an equitable experience for both schools. Uh, as far as the gift suites concerned, you know, there's probably, if you're familiar with that, there's probably 40 to 50 different items that they can pick from. It's a it's a tiered structure where each item is worth a certain number of points, and they can pick as much stuff as they want until their points are full. And uh, we also throw on top of that a uh, a bowl watch for the kids. Um, but you know. It, it's it's funny if you look at the um, if you look at the official bowl functions, we really don't. We'll have a players' party for them tomorrow night at a place called Shamrock, where it's basically it's an arcade on steroids with all the food that they could possibly eat. Um, but we and this is something that we learned a long time ago is that if you try to compete with New Orleans, you're going to lose. And so we. We don't have probably quite the number of official bowl functions that maybe some others do because we know what people want to do when they come here. They want to go out. They want to enjoy the city. They want to eat good food. They want to hear good music. And they want to experience all the culture and, and entertainment opportunities that exist here. And so we do, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll provide for the kids a couple of days. But we really we like to let them go enjoy New Orleans. You know, that's what you're here for. You sort of read my mind because I was going to ask you, how well does the city integrate with the bowl as far as working together? Because there are several venues that you can go to, and there are lots of events, and and it's fantastic for the kids. And then you go to an event centered in New Orleans, and as you mentioned, I mean, that's the event itself there. So, you know, is there a real strong partnership with the city, with, you know, the community as far as working with the bowl the young men who come, you know, just to make sure their experience is the best possible. You know, how does that work? Yeah, well, you know, we're if, if tourism is by far our number one uh, industry here, and and the, the the hospitality industry gets that, and they when when they know that there's an event coming, and I'm not just talking about restaurants and hotels. I'm talking about you know cab drivers, bus drivers, bartenders. Uh, the the whole city knows and they appreciate that. And they just, every, this is a community that appreciates uh, our visitors. We look forward to them. We take care of them. We do everything we can to make sure that when they leave here, that they want to come back and visit this town again, because like I said, it's without tourism, we're, we're, we're dead in the water. And 
and our hospitality community gets it. And, and they really are very supportive of us. They're very supportive of the Sugar Bowl, obviously. Um, and, and we've got a great partnership. They help us accomplish some things that we need to uh, every year as it relates to the logistics and the operations of the bowl. But, uh, and, and they appreciate that our game takes place pre-Christmas and typically over a window in the hospitality uh, calendar where there's typically not a whole lot else going on. And so for that reason, the, the hospitality community really does embrace us to a pretty extensive degree. My guest, the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl, Billy Ferrante. Billy, I was going to ask you, and I think you probably answered it, but I'll still try to, to word it differently. How much is the bowl involved with the fan experience? When the fans come, the game, of course, is the event. But, you know, is that same experience extended to fans? I mean, how much integration is there? Because, again, you know, you're in a city where the event is great. The city is also great. I mean, you can't go wrong. I could show up tomorrow and, and maybe never see you until game day and probably have a good time. Yeah, we we – Unfortunately, we're obvious for obvious reasons. Last year, we had to cancel every ancillary bowl event. Uh, this year, we are—it's maybe a hybrid version of what we typically have done. But I guess going back, maybe oh, maybe till about 2011, we created a free concert at Champion Square, which I don't know if you're familiar with the footprint of the Superdome. But it's the outdoor concert uh, venue that's right adjacent to the to the stadium. Uh, we've had the Beach Boys, Bad Company, Ario Speedwagon, Sticks, uh, Charlie Daniels. Uh, the list goes on. Cool in the Gang, uh, Cheap Trick, and that event, that Friday night event, was created for fans of the two schools, and we're. Sorry that we're not getting able to put it on this year. It's coming back, we promise. But the thought process there was, you know, let's 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 the fan of Marshall sitting home trying to make a decision about: Am I going to go to New Orleans? Am I going to buy an airplane ticket, stay in a hotel, buy a ticket from my school, go to the game, or am I going to stay home and watch it on ESPN? Well, we want that decision to be obviously that they come to New Orleans, and so that's that's why we, you know, we're we're a little more proactive in trying to entice fans of the of the two schools to make sure that they do come here. And we, you know, we count what New Orleans is, uh, you know, outside of what we do. Uh, again, you can't. It's hard to compete with with New Orleans. My guest, the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl, Billy Ferrante, Billy. The restrictions that have been something we've all lived with over the uh, last yeah. couple of years. Uh, in some places, it's getting better. You know, we're learning how to to live with this now and and navigate this. There are still some things that maybe fans need to know as far as coming to the game and you know being yeah. a part of this. So you know, for those who maybe who are on their way down, maybe aren't that clear about what they need to know. Could you maybe highlight yep. some of those things? Absolutely. Uh, uh, basically, in the city of New Orleans. So this is for for restaurants, venues, uh, and inclusive of the Superdome that you need to show proof of a either your proof of vaccination 
or a negative test within 72 hours of the event, or if you're going to a movie or whatever, you have to have uh, proof of a negative test. So we we appreciate your helping us get that information out because we don't want anybody that has traveled here to come to the game and support their team and enjoy our city uh, be caught off guard by that when they try to come to the stadium. Digital cards work as well. So you have your physical card, you could have your digital cards as yep. long as you have a yep. a valid verified you need front and back. So so if someone takes a photo of their card as well, I like to stress this. Make sure you have front and back of that card as well. So you have everything complete. Yeah, and the the, the group at the Superdome is obviously they've been through three quarters of a Saints season in executing that. There are no delays. Uh, it they move very quickly. They're efficient, and uh, it's not a cumbersome process at all. My guest is Billy Ferrante, the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl. And it, of course, will be televised and broadcast here locally on radio here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I hope you get more people in the stands uh, who decide, okay, let's make that trip. Because tickets are still available, so one maybe wants to make that decision, you still have an opportunity for them to come down and see the game. Oh, yeah. There's, there's tickets that we will have on Ticketmaster through probably uh, – probably through halftime, but we encourage obviously fans of the two schools to get their tickets from their athletic department, because that's, that's, that's helping their school out. And, and we really encourage in the markets of the participating teams for, for those people to reach out to the school. And, and the other thing is they have the best tickets. Sounds like it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Usually uh, you look at the bowl schedule and this isn't a knock on, on really too many bowls, but yeah, there are some bowls that are fun to go to, and then there are some bowls that seem like they're more fun to go to, and you definitely are in that upper echelon. So I appreciate you joining yeah, me today, that. and uh, I hope we're going to have a successful, fun game. And a little biased here, we hope that the herd wins. And for your sake, let's hope it's maybe a, a one-point win. That way everybody gets what they uh-huh. want. That sounds good to me. I appreciate the time. And, hey, I was, if, I, if I could real quick, we also have uh, – uh, a road race that is two miles completely within the confines of the Superdome and a yoga on the floor of the Superdome. Anybody can go to our website, neworleansbowl.org. We encourage fans of the schools to look into possibly participating in that. It's a lot of fun. It's a great experience. You'll never get to see or experience a road race or yoga like that anywhere else. Okay, that, and that's a unique combination. I wouldn't usually put yeah. road race and yoga together, but here it is. Yep. You know, we have a yep. salesperson here who teaches yoga. I'm going to have to mention that to her. You might see a, a last-second uh, <laughs> trip down to uh, New Orleans from her. Billy, thanks for joining us. I look forward All to right. this, and uh, I hope you have a great game. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is Billy Ferrante, the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl. When we continue, we're going to hear more from Coach Huff about this game being a measuring stick. Also, we'll hear from Dan D'Antoni. Tony Kemper, the Grinch of Christmas himself, uh, talking about both men's and women's basketball with those two. We'll do all that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. 
Our text line this hour, 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. You can also join the program using the White Claw phone line at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We were talking about Marshall and Louisiana earlier being a game where Marshall fans are going to get a taste of what the Sun Belt's about. You go into this contest, you're facing off against a ranked opponent. Okay, that's not really news to herd fans. You've, you've faced off against ranked opponents before. That's not a biggie. You've got the defending reigning conference champs, the Sun Belt champs. This is going to be the new home for the thundering herd might be next year might be the year after that but you've got the champs okay marshall's faced champs before not not that big but really you're going to see an active fan base you're going to see what a group of schools that really are focused on doing the very best possible for their student athletes i really think that the sun belt for what the Sun Belt has is really taking advantage of its resources, trying to maximize the fan bases are engaged and active. And Coach Huff talked about that in his presser yesterday. Look, this is going to be this is going to be Cajun style, taste of the Sun Belt. Well, he also talked about this game. Not necessarily. Okay, here's where Marshall is at talent wise compared to say, Louisiana, and more of a measuring stick. I think what he's talking about is more, hey, this is going to be, we can look at this and see where Marshall is at as far as a program, because you're going into the Sun Belt, and this game is going to be a good indicator of what Sun Belt football is going to be about. You're taking on the champs, the best team in the Sun Belt. Their only loss was to Texas, so this is a team that's pretty good. So when Coach talks about this being a measuring stick. It's not necessarily, okay, who can throw the ball further, who can run the ball further. It's more all-compassing as far as what the programs are about, what Marshall needs to do, where Marshall's good, and where Marshall needs to, again, to use Coach Huff's phrase, close the gap when he talks about this being maybe not an entry point into Sunbelt football, more of a measuring stick at this point. No, I, I don't. I don't know if it's an entrance exam. It's kind of it's, it's kind of the measuring stick of where you are. You know, you, when we when we did some, we played some games in Conference USA against some opponents. We looked at some things and said, "Hey, where are we physically? Where are we from a program standpoint? Where are we from a resource standpoint? Where are we from a fan engagement standpoint?" We measured all those things, right? And we felt like, you know, we were in the upper tier of Conference USA, could we have played better? Yeah. But you look at the games and you say, hey, a play here, a play there, you're different, right? Well, when you, when you start moving conferences, you got to look at everything in the program now because you got to look at what does their uh, resources look like? What do their academic support look like? What does their medical situation look like? What is their training situation? What is their nutrition situation? How many uh, student um, interns do they have in the building? How many academic counselors do they have? All of those things. On top of that, Okay, what players, what type of players are they able to recruit and attract? You know, are they able to recruit and attract a bigger, faster, stronger player? Are we, how do we compare with our recruiting? Um, you know, I think we've done a really good job thus far. Wednesday will be a huge tell um, in recruiting aggressively. 
um, to build our program a certain way, uh, which to me will help us in this transition. Um, but it's, it's kind of a, okay, hey, this is where we are. I wouldn't say an entrance exam. It's more of a measuring because you're getting the best team in the conference, right? They're, they're, they're well, on paper, no disrespect to any other team in the Sun Belt, they're, they're the best, right? 11-1 and one, uh, record, phenomenal um, on-field performance. It's not like they're winning games, you know, on last-minute Hail Marys. I mean, they're, they're doing a really good job of consistency. And over the last three years, right, they've been ultra-consistent. So you're going to get a chance to see, um, you know, hey, where, where has the gap widened? Where can we close it faster? What's going to take a little longer? Coach Huff, does that sound like a coach that's trying to bolt? No, that doesn't sound like a coach that's trying to bolt. Again, going back to earlier, the Brett McMurphy report that Duke had conversations with Coach Huff. Again, you want your coach to be doing good things so other people take notice. Plain and simple. I've always felt that. You know, that it's always good when your coach is doing things right and your coach is doing things and talking about things like this, other people are going to notice. And then when you have an opening, well, who's out there? And if Coach Huff keeps getting those phone calls, that means Coach Huff is doing a really good job. So I'm on, I'm on board with that. I'll tell you a guy who uh, I love talking to, doing a really good job. He's not, he's not taking phone calls because it was amazing. He was able just to use his phone today, and he even talked about that. Not, not in this cut, but you know, I actually was on Zoom with Coach D'Antoni today, and we did it from his phone. So I know he's not taking too many phone calls there. But we got through it. We did it. And we're going to hear more from him tomorrow as we get ready for Marshall on the road taking on Ohio. The Bobcats should be a fun one. But I asked Coach to talk about Tavion Kinsey. He was named Conference USA Player of the Week. Tavion's one of the best players in the league. And Coach, he doesn't think he's just Player of the Week. He, he thinks he is the Player of the Year. Well, I think he's Player of the Year. You know, he should have been preseason Player of the Year. Uh I think he's the most talented kid, uh, especially with the future uh, in, into the NBA that the league has. He's athletic. He, can, uh, he, he's, he does a lot of things. And a lot of things you don't see on the court is in the, in the locker room and at practices where he is a uh, motivator, a leader in a positive sense. Then he goes on the court, gets you 20. I uh, think really consistent about 20, 21, 22 points. Uh, going to have five to six, seven rebounds. Going to have three to five assists. And uh, uh, he comes up uh, in the uh, transition phase of the game, uh, very difficult to keep away from the rim. And he just glides. So, you know, I, I told him today, I said, I hope you have about 10 more so I can be a good coach. So, uh, you know, he, he, he smiled. But uh, I'm proud of him, and uh, uh, he deserves all the honors they can give him. That's Coach Dan Tony talking about Tavion Kinsey. What Tavion think? He was um, available earlier today, and he was asked about winning Player of the Week in Conference USA. He's humble. I'll give him that. He's got confidence, but at the same time, he doesn't have an ego. Not in the sense that he expects to be player of the week. He he works hard. He's confident, but he's not entitled. And that's what I appreciate about him. You know, when you're named conference player of the week, 
you know, it should always be a thrill, right? Even though if you, you know, maybe haven't won it in a while, or if you win it a lot, anytime you win it, it should be a thrill. And that was his attitude today when he was asked about that question. Um, it felt good. You know, I kind of was caught off guard with it. I didn't really know, you know, that I was going to be, you know, getting that award. I thought we played pretty well. I thought um, a lot of guys played kind of better than what I did to try to get that, you know, that award. But um, it felt really good, you know, for, for this being um, this year, like my senior year and getting that award. Um, Got to get some more. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I, I'm going to be aiming to get some more, but accolades really don't, you know, do anything for me. I just want to win. So He just wants to win. That was actually my question to Dan. It's like, look, you know, I know he doesn't care about these things. He, accolades are great, but he's really he's not playing for accolades. But you know what can what can you say about him winning Player of the Week? And you know so you got what Dan and Tavion said. I mean they always want to win basketball games, and anything other than a basketball win is either gravy or it's you know consolation. You can win basketball games and then get all this stuff. That's cool. If you don't win basketball games and you get all this stuff. That's nice, but I'd rather win the basketball game. Speaking of a guy who wants to win basketball games is Tony Kemper. And he's getting his team set for Wednesday night action at home against Alderson Broadus. Um, He's also a Grinch because uh, it's ugly Christmas sweater night at the Cam Henderson Center. Coach quoted, no, was his answer when I asked him if he'd be in an ugly sweater. So come on, Grinch. Let's get into the ugly sweater act. But seriously, uh, Coach, and when I talked to him on Sunday, it's not fun to ask coaches questions, you know, that are let's, – let's put it to you this way. I knew that there is nothing I could ask or say to Coach about the loss that he hasn't already said in himself. And he was disappointed, and – I get that completely. And you ask, okay, so what happened here? And he was pretty honest with me, pretty pretty blunt. At the same time, he told me he had a lot of time to think about it. So he's reflecting on that loss of St. Bonaventure. As I said, he's had some time to think about it now. He doesn't have a bad team. They just got to get some things in order to be a little bit more productive. And here's what he had to say earlier today. Now, we're seven games into a season and, and trying to put together uh, different pieces. And um, coaches get impatient. I think our players are just as competitive, and they get impatient too. And um, I know for a fact that we haven't been quite as good as we want to be as a team. And yet I also know that, you know, the, the, I think the group feels like we have plenty of time to get it fixed and get it rectified. And sometimes in the heat of the moment, that's hard to remember. But I think we're in that, that stage that it's like, okay, you know, it, Rome wasn't built in a day, is the old saying. And we wanted it to be, I will tell you that, but, but it hasn't been that way. So, um, you know, sports teach you a lot about character and competitiveness and competition teaches you a lot about that. And um, We want it to be easy, but it's not. So we, we put our heads down and we work and, and make it better. And I thought that at St. Bonaventure, that was step one of that process. I also asked him, because he told me when we talked on Sunday, you know, he had a long time to think about this. So I asked him, what does his team need to get to that next step? What, what's lacking that they need? And he reiterated that it was patience. That's the big thing for him right now. 
Well, I think patience. I mean, that's what came to me. I mean, I, like, I'm a competitive guy, and so it, it's, it does not, you know, I, I don't like that feeling after, um, you know, Coppin State here and, and after St. Bonaventure up there. And um, yet, for, you know, for whatever reason, we don't have it all put together yet. So um, I need to, we need to not panic about that. And I don't think they did. I don't think they have. And but I, I do think that some of our some of our shot making issues, some of our play down the stretch is, um, you know, there's a relaxation. You know, easy. We got good players in here, and um, you got to relax and let it come to you, and let your instincts take over. And we'll try to put you in good spots with the ball. But we've got all the confidence in the world in the group, and so get yourself in the right spot. Find yourself a shot you can make, and and jump up there and stick it in. And we got your back if it doesn't go. Tony Kemper, he's got his team's back. We'll hear more from him tomorrow. Marshall in action. Both men's and women's basketball, the Thundering Herd on the women's side at home, taking on Alderson Broadus, the men on the road, taking on the Ohio Bobcats. When we continue, we're going to wrap it up. If we've got time, we'll go over the ESPN grade for Coach Huff. Yes, ESPN has graded Coach Huff. We'll tell you what they had to say when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I've only got a couple of seconds really to break this one down. ESPN released its grades for all of the first-year coaches. Coach Huff, they called it a B for a hiring grade, and his first-year grade is B-. This is what... They said in the article, Huff inherited a pretty good team at Marshall, which started 7-0 in 2020 behind the nation's top scoring defense before fading down the stretch. After winning the first two games under Huff, the Thundering Herd dropped three straight by a total of 11 points before winning four straight. Marshall wasn't quite as stout on defense, but made improvements on offense under Huff, averaging 471.1 yards and 34 points per game. Ultimately, Huff's team couldn't win enough close games. He will return a good nucleus of contributors and 2022 and with the right supplementary pieces should have the team in the mix for the conference usa title so b minus is the grade i like to hear what coach huff's evaluation of himself would be i think it might be knowing him it'll be fair but it might be a little harsher on himself that's going to do it for this edition of the drive thanks for tuning in and don't forget if you miss any part of today's show or you just want to be able to go back and listen to it again you can join us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the drive have a great evening everyone wrbc huntington w231bs huntington broadcasting from the oscars breakfast burgers and brew studios this is espn 94.1 and am 930